he was making dinner and cranking Rage Against the Machine because yeah, right. half of their neighbors still have up their Trump signs. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 was the year that all the fucking dumbass Republicans found out that Rage Against the Machine was not the band they thought it was. They're like, yeah, Rage, yeah, Rage. No, he's talking <laughs> about you, you stupid fucks. Like, what machine did you think they were raging against, my dude? Seriously. Like, it's in the title of the band. There's that side of it, and then there's you learn that Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols was MAGA, and the one lead singer of the Misfits is, like, full-on proud boy. He was in D.C. this week, and it's like... <sighs> yeah, and that really hurts, because I'm a big fan of punk rock, and I love I love the Misfits, and I'm a, I was a fan of the Sex Pistols, and I'm just like, now it's hard to listen to their music, but I've been a fan of Rage since I've been, like, nine years old, so mm-hmm. I'm... I can still... If I'm mad, I can still just throw on Rage Against the Machine and be happy because they fucking kick ass. And they stayed consistent. Like, what, half of System of a Down's members were, like, not full MAGA, but they were, like, there's fine people on both sides. Yeah, that's why I was glad I'm not a System of a Down fan. See, like, I am, but, like, there was, like, the very sense of irony. So we're condemning the assholes who stormed the... A Capitol building on Wednesday because they're fucking maggots. That's their name now. It's actually in the Urban Dictionary now. Urban really? Dictionary updated it today. It's now maggots. I've been calling them maggots for a while. It's fitting. Oh, yep. Yeah. I hit Urban Dictionary. First thing up is the maggots. It's fantastic. I love it. It's wonderful. Call them Urban maggots. Urban Dictionary because... comes through again. Like, this isn't even just middle school jokes anymore. Welcome to the New World Order, motherfuckers. Mm. It's like reading The Onion where it starts off as a joke, but then it's painfully true because they stop giving a fuck. And then those bastards and that orange asshole who's about to be impeached again for a second time. And that shit better happen because there are big consequences mm-hmm. that uh, come out if he gets impeached again. They hauled and got Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement in before she was even cold in the ground. And it's like... Insert gif of Judge Judy tapping her watch like, come on, let's go. Guess season two starts on a wildfire. Let's start this fucking show. I say, yeah, let me say as a white person, white people fucking suck. Hi, my name's Evan. I love movies. And this is season two. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to season two of I Love Movies. You should too. And we're starting off with one hell of a fucking movie. Excuse me. And also, we've got just like one of my favorite people in the world on again. I just want to say has a byline at We Are Horror Zine. And if you don't have their Patreon, stop what you're doing. Go sign up for their Patreon. It is the best horror magazine running right now. I'm saying that where Fangoria is still alive. And also, uh, they run their own horror blog, which is another one for the fire. Parker's back, everybody. How you doing? Oh, I am awesome. Thanks for having me back. So we sit and talk about movies all the time, but this is this is on its own level when we do stuff like this. 
obviously I was going to have you back. <laughs> we talk about movies so much. We need to talk about movies on another episode because, oh, what, for the last 15 minutes before we started recording, <laughs> we've been talking about like seven different movies. It's called train wrecks of thought. Oh, they you. happen. All right. So what I mentioned was like all the random conversations that we have, I need to put in a Patreon episode just so that they can be like on record. Yeah, just cut out the first half hour, make it like a five minute intro in the episode. And then the separate 25 minutes goes to Patreon. I'm going to do it because I have all the additional footage. I'm going to do it. I really oh, am. You have the additional half hour from the first time? Yeah, I, was I, have, I have all of that. I didn't throw it away. That's good stuff. <laughs> that was good shit. But tonight we are talking about a movie for the beginning of the season. We are talking about pedophiles. Yeah, we're talking about... See, I knew this was going to happen because we love and adore both of these actors. And it's like, they play a pedophile and an underage kid in this movie. I don't know if I should be simping this. We're going to have to get into that because tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking hard candy. to meet girls over the internet. <laughs> well, I think it's better to meet people online first. Get to know what they're like inside. You work as a photographer, you find out real quick. People's faces lie. Does my face lie? <laughs> that is so good. Do you, do you want some? Sure. <laughs> mm. You look older than you are, and you certainly act older than you are. Really? Wanna call your sister? Tell her where you'll be? Maybe later. I'm reading, um, Romeo and Juliet. It's a ninth grade book, but I figured I could have it done before the school year starts. Didn't know you are interested in that kind of thing. You thought since we've been chatting for three weeks that you knew everything about me? We're all shot here. My house is my studio. I recognize this girl. The things you do wrong, they haunt you. This is officially sick. I have never hurt anyone! It's just so easy to blame a kid. Who are you? My time is over. Now it's time to wake up. I guess as we discussed it about even talking about this, it's like, how do we talk about this properly without like incriminating ourselves? But it's also the whole separating the art from the artist, I guess, you know? We're talking about a movie where they tell a story and it's a story that it happens, but there are really dark elements yeah. to this movie. And Very you have to explain it. And we're not, and, uh, yeah, this shit happens in real life. This mm -hmm. is real. This is all real. And they're just putting together two characters in a story. And we're talking about the story and the art. 
when we say something about the film, we'll say something about the film. But yeah. obviously, when we're talking about the actors or referring to them, we will. There will be a separation. You'll, you guys will get it. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to kill us. Oh no, there's definitely gonna be a separation because there, there's already one certain thing about Patrick Wilson I want to talk about when we get to it. <laughs> My first question to you tonight is. Do you remember when you first saw this movie or first heard about this movie? It was probably a few years after it would have came out on video. So I know I saw it before I graduated high school, so it would have been before 2011, which is good because it came out in 2005, for the record. And it might have just been one where I saw it at the Hollywood video. I was still in that phase of just grabbing movies and watching them because I was just getting into the genre and wanted to hit as much as I could. So I watched it, and I think I ended up buying it when they had it for sale because my copy of it definitely still has all the stickers on it from Hollywood Video. <laughs> I think I've told this story on the podcast before that when I had a Hollywood Video near me, when I got a car, I could go there and rent my own movies so I could rent like whatever I wanted to because I was of age or almost of age, mm-hmm. which was really nice because I got to see a lot of like weird movies when I was in the end of the 90s. Stuff I probably shouldn't have been watching by myself, but I did anyway. So I could rent movies, R-rated ones, which was pretty awesome when you have a car and you're in high school and you can rent R-rated movies. It didn't make me popular or anything, but still, it was pretty awesome. And that's when I was really getting into like film and mm-hmm. just learning up about myself. Also, this movie came out in... I think it was January. It was premiered at Sundance on January 21st of 2005. So that was right after I got out of college. I'm old. And I'm then say, it, yeah, this is for someone. This is kind of because in 2005, I was in middle school. I think this is the first time that's come up with in the episode where we were talking about it. Okay, because I honestly did not know that. <laughs> I, gra- I mean, yeah. I graduated in tw- high school in 2011. I was just working. I had been out of college for seven years. You're older than I'm young. I mean, I just turned 28. <laughs> I got a decade on you. I'm about to turn 39. I honestly would not have known that, nor have expected that. You fucking old geezer, Jesus Christ. Fuck off. Here I am making fun of my boyfriend who's going to turn 31 in a couple months. I got a new target. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> it's okay, I'm... He gets it because I will hit him with the cradle robbing jokes. <laughs> Even though there's only a like two year age gap between us, like two, two and a half, but I'll still hit him with cradle robber jokes because he turned 30. <laughs> All right, so this movie actually premiered on April 14th of 2006. So it took a year for it to come out, which doesn't surprise me because there's so many freaking movies that premiere at Sundance and mm-hmm. then don't come out for like a year or... Yeah. Because of one reason or another. This year was the pandemic because I wanted to see Promising Young Woman, but I'm not going to get to see it until Friday. Was it? Yeah, it just comes out on VOD, so. A year after it fucking premiered and we were supposed to get it last April. I mean, I could bring Candyman into this conversation. Don't hurt my feelings like that. Don't do it. You have no idea how hurt I am. I have to wait till fucking August for Candyman. At least. If it doesn't get moved again, which it probably is going to, because I'm going to go on a rant here. 
half of these movies that are coming out in 2021 that they think they're going to put in theaters, they're not going to put in theaters because they're going to be no fucking theaters open because we're still going to be in a pandemic. You know who got it right? Warner Brothers got it right. And New Zealand got it right. (laughs) And the UK definitely didn't get it right because they're on like full lockdown. But New Zealand got it right because they have no cases. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers got it right. And I'm sorry for all the people that are upset. Yes, it hurts the industry. It hurts going to the cinemas. I get it. I feel bad for the workers. I feel bad for the people who were supposed to get paid because it was going into the theater. I feel bad for all of you. But guess what? I'm a film goer. Mm. I'm going to see your movies. I want to see these movies. If I have to sit around and do nothing while there's a pandemic, I'm going to be upset because there's like... I don't know how many, like 30 or 40 movies just sitting on the shelf that I want to see, but I can't because these fuckers are waiting for this pandemic to get over. It's a pandemic. It's not going to get over anytime soon. Like, they haven't even readily put out the vaccine yet. Fucking Candyman. Let's see. Let me list the movies that are actually done done that we should have seen by now. Candyman. Promising Young Woman. The Green Knight, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Ghostbusters Afterlife, No Time to Die, F9, Halloween Kills. Spiral. Spiral from the Book of Saw. I'm sorry. Back to the episode. I'm just, it angers me when anybody brings up Candyman because that is the movie I have been waiting. Candyman, Bond, and Ghostbusters are my three movies I have been waiting for forever for when they all got announced i jumped like a little kid in joy because i love can candy man's the reason why i love horror movies it's the first horror movie like i ever fully got to see and it scared the living shit out of me i've been a ghostbusters fan since i've been three years old i've been a bond film since i was conceived because my parents were bond fans i'm dying to see these films and i'm pretty sure all three of them are going to be fucking awesome mm-hmm. but no they're just sitting in they're sitting on somebody's hard drive right now goddamn fucking pandemic so it's not some destiny's child just like yeah they did a really good job really good job of the say my name i mean i think i like the i got five on it from us mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. but it's still really good i mean both remixes are really good but destiny's child had that extra oomph behind it given the circumstance of of the movie versus that you know and like the bit that they used that was in the top 10 of best things to happen to me during 2020 was hearing that music (laughs) during the the trailer oh that first trailer blew me i'm like this is gonna be amazing this is like this is exactly the candy man it's gonna be violent it's gonna be nasty it's gonna be scary it's gonna have positive black influences and positive black characters and it's gonna fuck me up and i'm like just give it to me Mm -hmm. i was like waiting i'm like okay Mm. let's go universe whoever i think it's universal who has it um yeah i believe it's universal yeah it's universal has it i'm like okay you guys are coming out with the peacock streaming we can still get this right and it got up until like almost the week of then and they're like yeah Candyman has been pushed back to august i'm like all right, I can wait till August. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll come wait. out on VOD. We'll see it. And then it's like, no, we're moving it to September. All right. You, you, okay, September's coming around. Okay, now we're going to move it to August. I mean, not August. We're going to move it to October. Mm. You're fucking with me, guys. And then they're like, no, nah, it, it's it's moved indefinitely. I'm like, I hate you. And then they see. came out with that August date, August of 
this year. See, I know you and me are like many a people who would drop $20 right now to watch it VOD, but I think 50. it might have been Nia DaCosta would... or somebody else who was like, we wanted it to be seen in a theater for like the whole experience. Like, I get that, but also tease. No, she did. She said yeah. that this movie was made for a theater experience, which I 100% get because mm-hmm. if I had seen The Invisible Man uh, at home and not in the theater, I probably would like it, but not as much as I like it like now. Seeing it in Agreed. a theater is just so much better, especially the dinner scene where, man, mm-hmm. I never heard an audience audibly gasp that loud in my life in a movie theater. Until that scene, and I'm so I get it. Candyman has to be in a theater. I'm just I would drop fifty dollars right oh, now yeah. if I could see that movie, and I don't care if I could only see it once. I would drop fifty dollars right now Same. to watch to watch Candyman. And don't even get me started on how much I would drop for Bond and Ghostbusters. It, it's it's not even right. What were we talking about? Hard candy. Yeah, we were talking about um, hard candy, and then I hit fucking you hit a nerve. Yeah. All right. So, Hard Candy. Um, this film was also <laughs> directed by David Slade, who I just, uh, well, you had your watch and I was watching it almost at the same time. Mm-hmm. I informed you that it was written and directed by the same writer director combination of 30 Days of Night. Yeah. I did not expect that. That's like hearing, oh my God, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The directed Mad Max and Happy Feet. Oh, George Miller. Yes. <laughs> It's also like hearing that the guy who directed Rango also directed Cure for Wellness. Gore Verbinski directed both of those movies. Oh, and um, Christmas Story and Black Christmas. Yeah, Bob yep. Clark. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's probably the one that's the most fucked up is Black Christmas <laughs> and Christmas Story. Because you're like, they both happen at Christmas, but they are vastly different <laughs> films. Yeah. Wholesome family christmas about the toy he really wants for christmas or you have the slasher with the severe feminist 70s undertones i mean not as severe as 2019 but let's not get into that i have not seen the 2019 black christmas did i hit a nerve not really it's i will make it very short i was very down for this movie for like the first third of the movie the last two thirds kind of went off the rails for me Two and a half, three out of five stars if I were to be on Letterboxd about this. But I also want to be in the die mad about it camp because you know it pissed off the right people who are just assholes. That's what I heard. I heard it pissed off the right people, but I heard the people that it should have made cheer it didn't. So I'm just like, I'll eventually see it. Once one of the streaming services that I subscribe to, because I subscribe to like how many? Oh, wait, let's count them. I think it's on HBO. Shutter. That was how I watch H- it. HBO Max, Criterion, some whoever once one of the streaming services I own has it, I will watch it. I believe I, HBO has it because that was how I watched it. Okay. I'll check HBO, HBO Max. Yep. Because I've seen I love Black Christmas. I watch it. Black Christmas is one of those movies where it's definitely a Christmas movie, but I can watch it during like any season. It doesn't matter any year. Mm-hmm. I can just watch it. I've seen Black Xmas and the thing about Black Xmas mm-hmm. is that is Black Xmas. Wait, hold on. I, I'm getting confused with sorority rope. Yeah. Is Black Xmas the one with like Michelle Trachtenberg and Mary Stewart? Um, and I mean, Lacey Mary Chabert. 
and Lazy Shabir, is that the one? Is that Black uh, Xmas? Yeah, it was the 2006 one. Okay, so Black Xmas pissed me off because I love the cast, and then they like, I get it's a horror movie, but also, you have this fantastic cast, why don't you use them better? That's about how 2019 was. That's very disappointing. Like, when Carrie Elwes is one of the top things about your feminist horror movie, you gotta change something. That's bad. Yeah. I think you did say it the best of it pissed off the right people, but then the right people weren't fully cheering for it. It's like, I'm, I still want to be in the die mad about it group because fuck incels. Honestly, fuck a lot of dudes in like the not fun way. And we're going to talk about a movie where that's definitely the case. True. Good way to bring it back. That's why I have a podcast. That's why I host a podcast. And that's why I have you co-host a podcast because yeah. this is what happens. So if you don't know Hard Candy, we're we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. So watch it. I, I highly suggest watch it because I'll give you we'll probably each give a rating because my rating has changed over time mm-hmm. with this film. This is probably the first time I've watched it in like eight to ten years. So, yeah, I would say f- five to six maybe longer I, I really can't put my finger on it but yeah it's been a while since i've seen this and yeah my rating has changed and happily changed it was a very enjoyable view even though the movie is not what you call an enjoyable movie no. because of subject matter it was an enjoyable view uh the film stars elliot page as Haley stark patrick wilson as a jeff culver yeah it's like koh something weird yeah yeah, and Sandra O oh is Judy Takuda, the neighbor who's in the movie for like four <laughs> minutes. Yeah, I guess. Because San- I've never actually seen a trailer for this, but like, I guess in the trailer, the top three built cast were Patrick Elliott and Sandra O. Oh, and it's like, Sandra O oh is in the movie for approximately three minutes, but she got top billing in that. I mean, it's a very small cast, but still. <laughs> She's on the poster, too. I'm pretty sure that the poster. What says, poster did you see? I'm po- I'm looking at the poster with the with Elliot Page in the, the Red Riding Hood in the Bear Trap, and I'm pretty sure Sandra O's oh name is next to our, next to theirs. Let's see. Give me a second, because all the p- posters I'm seeing, it's like the really tiny print on the bottom. Well, the poster says Patrick Wilson, Elliot Page, Hard Candy, <laughs> and then it says Sandra O. Oh. <laughs> yep, I see it. And she's in the movie for four minutes, probably. This is on par with her and Princess Diaries. <laughs> oh shit! You just added that to the that. notes. That was my one of my big contributions to the notes. Yeah, she was great in Killing. She's fantastic. Oh in my! Killing God. Eve. I fucking love Killing Eve. Oh, so amazing in Killing Eve. Killing Eve is so good. It's so good, and I am so gay. But then, yeah. <laughs> So Killing Eve, I've never watched Grey's Anatomy, but I've heard the good things. It's, it has its hardcore watchers, but then goddamn Princess Diaries. <laughs> the P Diaries. Who doesn't love the P Diaries? Oh, man. Yeah, I love Sandra. Oh, she's just so amazing in Killing Eve. But yeah, I also have not. I've never, ever wanted to, nor have I even accidentally been somewhere where I've seen anything of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, me neither. So this movie is about pedophiles, and episode done. 
Yep. <laughs> this movie is about us being like, we love Elliot Page, we love Patrick Wilson, but it is weird seeing them like this. Okay, bye. Sorry, I was feeling so sophisticated when we met. A little hard to do that with your mouth full of whatever that well, is. It's, it's great, it's great. Do you, do you want some? <laughs> sure. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of what I was thinking. Sorry? You just don't really look like the kind of guy who has to meet girls over the internet. <laughs> Well, I think it's better to meet people online first sometimes. You get to know what they're like inside. You work as a photographer, you find out real quick. People's faces lie. Does my face lie? <laughs> yeah. So the film is about Haley, who is... She's tracking down a pedophile, and she's trying to find out who raped and murdered this girl. And Which is tracks, a subplot I completely forgot about. And she tracks down one the person she believes is a pedophile. And they have an internet conversation. And you get to see the internet conversation. That's at the start of the film. And then they meet in like a coffee shop. And they have an intellectual talk about, you know, like school and stuff. And then the pedophile she's, Elliot is tracking down is uh, played by Patrick Wilson. And it's just awkward to see now because you're like, Elliot Page. Amazing actor mm -hmm. in absolutely awesome movies, but you look like you're 12. Yeah. And then I, Patrick Wilson, one of the gifts on God's green earth. You're playing a pedophile. Why? Which I might as well bring this up now because very attractive. Both of them are. You ever notice Patrick Wilson's bald spot in this? Oh, I've noticed it every, in every movie. Whenever somebody shoots, <laughs> shoots a shot from behind, you can see it. It actually doesn't, it hasn't grown, though. See, Surprisingly like, enough, it's only, it's like the same spot. If you watch any of the Conjuring movies. See, I never noticed it nearly as much in the I, Conjuring. I, I, so I don't know if he got Rogaine or if he combed it just right, but it was like glaring in it. I think he used something, maybe used something, because the first time I ever noticed it is he's the villain in the A-Team movie. And it's right, right. prominent in that movie, but he also his hair is more blonde in that movie. I actually enjoy that movie, even though I hate Liam Neeson. That movie is really fun. Like you good, solid, mindless action for two hours. And you've got think about the cast. You got before he was an asshole racist. Liam Neeson. Yep. Is the leader? I can't. I think Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. Bradley fucking Cooper is Murdoch. Or not oh. Murdoch, he's Face. He's Face, yeah, he's Face. Charto Copley is Mur Charto Copley's Murdoch. And then Rampage Jackson is B.A., and that's a pretty awesome cast. But then you add in Patrick Wilson's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And it's directed by Joe Cartahan. And you're like, well, who's Joe Cartahan? Narc? Smoking Aces? How could this movie be bad? It's not. It's actually really fun, and I highly suggest mm -hmm. listeners, if you want to see it, watch the director's cut, because the director's cut's like 15 minutes longer, and it adds more character depth, and I believe it adds a whole, like, the finale action scene at the, like, sea dock is longer. Really? See, because I, I want to say we own it, like, it's one that we got my dad, but I don't know if it's the director's. I feel like the DVD is in my house somewhere. 
I have the Blu-ray when they were first making Blu-rays, and I think my Blu-ray version of it is the director's cut. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I bought the director's cut because I saw the movie and I was like, "This is so much fun." Yeah. Like I love Bradley Cooper. By the way, I just want to say Bradley Cooper is a fantastic human. Also, on the Patrick Wilson level, he's very handsome. True. I mean, if I had to pick, I'd still pick Patrick. Oh, well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> That's a no-brainer, I'm just saying. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's a good dude. Excuse me, I did not take the mic away to burp that time. Apparently, we're, we're in synchronicity with the burping, because I, I had to burp, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's some Twilight uh, Zone shit right there. <laughs> I love Twilight Zone. Oh, maybe I'll go watch them later. I, really um, I think it's still streaming up on Hulu. Uh, like the OG. Last time I saw it, it was on Netflix. Netflix had it. Netflix doesn't have all the seasons. I think Hulu really? does. Yeah. Because I looked scrolling through Netflix and they're missing one or two of the seasons and Hulu has them all. Okay. Then Have I'm you watched the Jordan it. Peele one? Not to get off on another tangent, but... I've watched some of them. I haven't watched, like... I watched a few of season one. I haven't seen any of season two. I thought it was okay. You see, um, I feel like if it had gone to a place like Netflix instead of the CBS All Access, it probably would have done better. Netflix has its own uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, Black Mirror. True. Like no, I, I Black Mirror. Black Mirror is the most fucked up Twilight Zone episodes in the history of fucked up Twilight Zone episodes. Cue me and lesbian crying over San Junipero. <laughs> I need to see that one. I haven't seen that one. Uh, that was like Black Mirror was on my radar, but then you know, like scrolling through Tumblr, it's all San Junipero, and I'm like, all right, fine, I'll watch it. And now I can't listen to fucking Heaven is a Place on Earth without, like, wanting to sob. There is also a Scream reference in there, I will say. Cool. Subtle, but cool. I'm going to have to check that episode out. There's a bunch of episodes of Black Mirror that I haven't seen. When I first moved in with my boyfriend, he wanted me to watch a bunch of random episodes. So we just watched a bunch of random episodes. Like, I've seen the the first episode with the uh, Prime Minister who fucks a pig. I've seen the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. I've See, that seen I want to watch because I now love her. That episode, oh, it was tough to sit through. It's anxiety inducing. That's all I'll say. I've seen the the movie. The what's the movie name? The Black Mirror movie. I have the no one, idea. The choose your own movie. I can't remember what. The oh, the oh, video man. game creator. I I know it because I watched it. And I had to go through like four different times to get every single ending. Whatever it was, I've seen that, and then I've seen the episode that connects all the other episodes. Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. That's it. And then I've seen the episode that connects all the other episodes of Black Mirror together, and you realize that it's all one universe. Have you seen that episode? I have not. Ooh, that's a really good episode with a really fucked up ending. I mean, Twilight Zone kind of did the same thing, so. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Twilight yeah. Zone, Black Mirror is Netflix Twilight Zone, so they didn't need a Twilight Zone. Yeah, but none of them have Rod Sterling, except for the OG. None of them are as good. Yeah. No, Twilight Zone is one of the best TV shows of all time. That was my um, start of lockdown was, I'm like, oh, hey, Hulu has it. This is a glaring blind spot. I just sat and watched straight through Twilight Zone. That's my depression show. When I'm very depressed, I go and I watch Twilight Zone, and I feel better about my life. So when you get a paper cut, do you pour lemon juice on it, too? No, I don't get paper cuts because I try not to go near paper. I bleed a lot. I mean, to each their own, but 
I couldn't do that. I'd probably feel an existential crisis coming on if I was sad and watched Twilight Zone. Welcome to my life. <laughs> but I'm also one of those people where if I'm like upset or pissed off, I listen to the heaviest music I can find. Is that teach their own? We all deal with depression in our own ways. Very much so. Especially the last few years. Yep. Back to not sadness. Let's talk about hot people playing a pedophile and an underage person. <laughs> That's not awkward or anything. No. Fuck. I, I told you, as soon as we came up with this idea, it's like, how are we going to do this? I'm going to put a gold rap song in the middle of this episode. Yeah, I didn't know they were an actual band. I thought it was like one of those fake bands. <laughs> no, they're real. I've, I've heard their music. <laughs> I have an yeah. outside of this movie. Because I figured they were just like a random name that they would have tossed in like a middle of a movie or a TV show and be like, oh, they're this huge band and they're not actually real. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yep, Wolf Rap is real. This movie, Elliot Page, basically teases and entices Patrick Wilson's character to take them home and then like they start drinking Elliot Page's character actually drugs Patrick Wilson's character and is trying to find out information about a girl that was raped and murdered and, and kind of psychologically tortures him and then physically tortures him as well and that was it's one thing really, I always remembered it's done really really well like there is no point in this movie that Patrick Wilson has the upper hand Every time his character thinks he has the upper hand, Elliot Page's character, Haley, is always, like, three steps ahead of them. You know, maybe it's this whole camera thing. Cameras. Computers, they let you hide, don't they? So safe. I heard how your voice changed when the camera came between us. My voice changed. Because I felt sick. Because you drugged me. Yeah, you were drugged, all right. And the drug was sweet, little 14-year-old flesh. Look, I'm a decent guy. Ask anyone. Go ahead. Call these models. They'll tell you. Of course they will. You're not an idiot, Jeff. You don't piss where you live. Those girls were your work, and I, on the other hand, was your play. You were coming on to me. Oh, come on. That's what they always say, Jeff. Who? Who? The pedophiles. She was so sexy, she was asking for it. Oh, she was only technically a girl. She acted like a woman. It's just so easy to blame a kid, isn't it? Just because a girl knows how to imitate a woman does not mean she's ready to do what a woman does. Even when, like, you really think, like, near the end, and like I said, we're going to spoil it, like, near the end, you mm -hmm. think Patrick Wilson is out and Elliot Page is running away. You think that they are going to, like, catch him and maybe kill them. 
No, they just lured him up to the the roof where they already had another plan plan set in motion, just waiting for him to get up to the roof. No, apparently another again spoiler, but I guess they did film where you actually see his body post hanging, but then it didn't end up in the final cut. Apparently that was the line that they didn't want to show. <laughs> There's a lot of things that they could have showed in this film that they didn't. Uh, it makes the film better, I think. Sometimes you need yeah. it, and then sometimes you don't need it. Like so, bring, the casting back- team was done well. Here's my question again for like the second time just watching this movie. Did they actually do it? No, they did because they do it and then like testicles and garbage disposal equals brilliant because like they actually have them and like it almost looks like they put them on top of shot glasses like how you dis- display a Fabergé egg of both of his testicles. Should I throw them outside? No. And like legit puts them in the garbage disposal and turns it on. So yeah, yeah. no, they did it. I shouldn't have let you think there was a way out of this. Okay, um, I got this medical text, and look, if I forget anything, just don't panic, okay? Because it's, it's right here. Yeah, I knew you'd want to watch. Look, if you move too much, I could nick the perineal artery and you you could, like, bleed to death before anyone got here, okay? So just, please, I, I really need to have a steady, steady hand, okay? Jeff? Do you feel that? Why do you care? I'd be thankful for small favors. Because I was always confused about that. That really, like, messed with me. I'm like, did they really do it? Or did they just, like, make it? Yeah, the physical evidence. That makes this movie just even better now that it actually happened. Mm -hmm. That always confused me. The idea of them numbing it, like, to some degree, not actually doing it, and just be psychological is great, but no, like, they physically hold up their testicles and are carrying around in the house and then puts them in the garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah, and he does look over when, near the end, when they go to take a shower, mm-hmm. and he breaks out of the, like, the table. He goes and looks in the kitchen and he sees it. I think that's maybe what turns his anger into like extreme anger mm-hmm. yeah that's right after it, that's when he gets tased and then gets yeah. hung in the kitchen and then we get the sandra oh four minutes the, this may seem out of line do you babysit <laughs> i'm always looking for a new babysitter yeah like this may seem out of line i saw you on the ceiling on not on the ceiling on the roof of this house earlier never seen you before in my life do you babysit <laughs> Like, would you really want to trust somebody who you just saw on a roof at your neighbor's house with your kids? Is she that Woman, desperate? Is, that, is some, that is some sus material right there. This is before she was on Killing Eve. She wasn't so sus about everything yet. But you're on Killing Eve, you're sus about everything. <laughs> I think this is before Grace, too. Or this might be, like, right as Grace Ooh. started. Let me look, because I know Grace has been on for fucking ever, because it's, like, ER. Uh, Grace started in 2005, so... 
she was, was right on right starting. I believe she started from the beginning. I'm gonna want to say so too. Yep. Yeah, spoiler to people. I guess she was on Grace from 2005 to 2014, so something happened. <laughs> Grace is known for killing off their characters, or their main characters, a lot. So I say, apparently, the main characters that people love, so yeah, they probably sorry. killed her. Sorry, Sandra. Oh. <laughs> and if you didn't die, cool. Watching the movie, I couldn't believe during the like coffee shop scene they were talking about Jane Seberg. She has come up in my life like four times in like the last week and a half. I need to see the movie with Kristen Stewart playing her, but seriously, why is she coming up so many times in my life? <laughs> like I'm dying to see the movie. It's on Amazon. I just haven't gotten around to watch it. There's some movies like I really want to see, but I'm like I have to be really in the mood to see it, or I just have to force myself to watch it. Kind of how I felt about watching Shirley. Shirley was one of those movies that I had to do that with. There's a movie I watched this week that I had to do that with. I just had to. I just have to watch it. I gotta go to my letterbox now. Oh, it was Swallow. That was one that I just picked up because um, the family videos are closing, so I went and took advantage of them selling everything, and I grabbed Swallow. So I watched it after I watched The Hunt. Um, Interesting. Weird double feature. I know, but I'm the king of weird double features. I mean, it's not it, the weirdest one that I can oh, think of. I can, I can tell you the weirdest double feature in the history of double features. I can tell you my, like, foremost recent on Letterboxd hit me. Oh, okay. What's the weirdest one? Like, the weirdest jump. But say, um, my last two watched are Orphan and Grease. This is not a competition. That is a weird, <laughs> that is a weird double feature. But trust me when I tell you, this double feature is going to blow your mind and you're going to be like, what the hell? Let's see, let me see, I jumped. Okay, yeah, Batman Returns to Grease 2 is good because it's Michelle Pfeiffer and I'm gay. But then Evil Dead to Tommy Boy. But then, yeah, probably Orphan to Grease because I did that a few days ago. Wait, are you saying that all people that like Michelle Pfeiffer are gay? I mean, to some extent. Okay, I was just making sure because, yes, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, which I really hope I kind of want to bring this up just to embarrass my boyfriend because he got me the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman Batman pop figure for Christmas thinking, you know, I love it and that which I do. And I already had it. (laughs) Aww, but it's a thought that counts. I have them both displayed and I'm not going to let him forget it. It's the thought that counts. And also there it's an awesome pop because isn't that the pop where it's her near the end where half of her mask is off? Um, no, it's just the salad mask. Pretty sure you should look that up. I think there may be a chase or there may be like exclusive that is the half her her with the half mask at near like the end of the movie, which I 100% believe she did not die in that movie. Oh, no. And if they wanted to, they could bring her back, but they're not going to. You know why? Because she's a part of the MCU now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're bringing I, back Keaton, so... I think they're doing that because I think Ben's going to be in like one more movie and then that's it. And also, I think they're making their way for we're going to get Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond. I think Michael Keaton's going to be the old Bruce and teaching uh, Terry McGinnis the ropes for Batman Beyond, which makes me happy because I love Batman Beyond. But also, I want there's a bunch of Robins we still haven't seen that I need to see. Like, I fucking love Tim Drake. I want to see Jason Todd, especially as Red Hood. I want to see fucking Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Like, give me this shit. Like, don't skip over these motherfuckers. Can we get Chris O'Donnell to come back as at least one of them? 
I really thought he was going to come back. I re- when they started talking like the DC fan universe, when they started talking all this shit about bringing all these people back, I'm like, I thought they were going to bring him back. I'm like, that would be really cool if he could come back as like an older Nightwing. I think he's a decent actor. And mm-hmm. like after the Batman movies, he actually does some really good things. And he does some serious things, which gives him cred. So I think he would be awesome to bring him back. Yeah, he's definitely good on um. I think it's LA for NCIS that he's on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's really good on that show. So I'm like, you could easily make him just an older Nightwing with his older Bruce because he never got to be in a Batman movie with Keaton's Bruce because the first Batman movie that Chris O'Donnell's in is Batman Forever, and that's Val Kilmer. Yeah, and then Clooney. <laughs> so it would be really cool to have him be in a movie with you know Keaton. Cause That'd be a really good like together on screen. If you think about like for like original movies, not counting the like the Batman movie with Adam West, Chris O'Donnell's the like movie movie. He's mm-hmm. the first movie Robin. Yeah. So that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. I'm like, how the hell did we get on Batman movies? Oh, um, um, I remember we're doing the, the weirdest double feature. Yep. My weird double feature comes from high school and you're just going to lose your mind when you hear this double feature. And I didn't do it on purpose. It was because of school. Mm-hmm. It was the Doom Generation followed by Bambi. <laughs> because I had rented like the night before. They were showing a movie and, and it was like a Friday and they showed Bambi at school mm-hmm. for some reason. But the night before I had rented the Doom Generation for Hollywood video and it fucked <laughs> my life up. You've seen the Doom Generation, right? No, but I know it's fucked. Oh, it's beyond. And also tr- his teen trilogy, I forgot what it's called. Like his teen apocalypse trilogy is the director is mm-hmm. just, the three movies are just so fucked up. But the doom generation. is Oh, God. Speaking of also. No, I, I don't want to give that away. I, I'll keep that and wait until you see the doom generation. And then you'll, you'll find out that movie has a connection with this movie. Huh. Wow. Like, I forgot we're... we were talking about a movie. Oh, you, you marked. The Innocent Man dialogue uh, was really yeah, cool, cool because because I didn't notice it until this viewing that she mentions. Yeah, they're going to make a movie out of this and Jodie Foster was going to direct. I'm like, that's hilarious because that would probably happen. Mm-hmm. And then the um, what's the quote about like how he tries to shift the blame of like, hey, you were coming on to me. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, cute pedophile plays. I didn't do it. I'm innocent. I have an addiction, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, if this comes out, this will ruin my life. It'll ruin my career. And then she hits with the, well, Roman Polanski just won an Oscar. And I about lost my damn mind. And it just brings me back to the uh, Roman Polanski winning the French Film Award over the director of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And then her swearing and storming out also with the middle the finger up who was also uh, who is lgbtq and i'm just like in france you fucked up mm-hmm. you- <laughs> no like portrait was on my radar because i kept seeing good things about it and then that happened and i instantly went i'm watching that movie right now i i will follow these people through hell because they did this that is awesome. It is one of the most amazing movies I have ever seen in my entire fucking life. And it warranted my me purchasing it on Criterion. Very select oh, yeah. few movies. I will splurge and do the Criterion. That one got it. 
Oh, you're not a Criterion fan? Like, I am. It's just uh, I'll only do it when they're on sale kind of a deal. They're on sale a lot, though. True. But, like, what do I have for Criterion? I think I have The Blob, Night of Living Dead, Parasite, Silence of the Lambs, and now Portrait. All in Criterion. I have Portrait, and I have Night of Living Dead. I keep wanting to get Silence, and I keep forgetting to get it. I had it on Criterion on DVD, but I haven't mm. gotten the array of it. Yeah, um, I bought um like the one sale I got Portrait and Sounds of the Lambs, and that was a good day for mail. I need to pick up Parasite, and I would just watch The Blob for the first time last year. I had never seen it, being like I'm a huge Steve McQueen fan, mm-hmm. and I'm a huge movie fan, and I had never seen the original Blob. I've seen the '80s one because I'm like, well, I'll eventually get to it because I love the the fucking '80s remake with Kevin Dillon and Shawnee um, Smith. I love that movie. It's so fucking brutal, but it's really good. It's one of those words like the Night of Living Dead and Evil Dead remakes where that's how you do a remake. Those are the standards that you're going to be held by. Um, you know, I'm jumping ahead. God knows Candyman will be one of those two. I would add in Dawn of the Dead as well. I'm not one of those people, but I can see why people do it. I think the Dawn of the Dead remake's really good. I gave it another shot not that long ago after initially not liking it, and I'm like, I can respect it, but I don't like it. That's fine. I mean, I love the original. The original is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, agreed. I, just, I really like I like the unrated version of the remake. I think it's I think it does something different with the story a little bit, but it brings it into a time like right now or yeah. not right now, but almost like right now. Yeah. And visually, it's pretty to look at. And it's also like super gory. Oh, there's definitely like highlights in the movie. I'm not saying it was all bad. I'm just saying I'm not all aboard that train like a lot of horror fans are. I can't get into it. Understandable. I, it's also a Snyder movie, and he is, you know, he is <laughs> hot and cold with the with the internet. I'm personally, I'm a fan of Snyder. He has made multiple movies. Actually, there isn't a movie of his that I don't not like. There's only like two movies, though, of his that I love. I'm indifferent, but it's just the movie itself. Well, I wouldn't put Dawn of the Dead like Dawn of the Dead. I I think it's a fantastic remake. I, I don't I like it a lot, but it's not one of the two Snyder movies that I love. That would be Man of Steel and Sucker Punch. Yeah, I haven't seen either. Sucker Punch is on my list, but Man of Steel's not. But that's also just because I'm not a Superman person. Most of the world is, and everyone's a Batman person, and Batman is sus, and I can tell you why, but I don't want to, because <laughs> I already had this conversation with one of my uh, best friends who's a huge Batman fan, and I swayed them <laughs> become a Superman fan because I explained how Superman is everything we want right now, and Batman is a complete sus. I mean, True. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to because I will I will be talking about it for an hour. I don't want to get into Superman right now. We need we need to finish talking about this movie. For the record, Spider-Man is my number he's one. My, <laughs> he's my second favorite superhero of all. Yeah, time. So I'm with you there. Like Batman will be second, but Spider-Man is my number one. Do you have a specific Spider-Man that you're <laughs> because I I have a specific Spider-Man. We talking like between Toby, Andrew, and Tom kind of a deal? No, I'm talking about like our oh, uh, the... <laughs> Spider Man. So not not in the actors because okay. that that's easy. The the actors are easy. No, I'm talking like Peter, Miguel, Miles, 
See, the bit that I got into it, I liked... It would have been the clone one that Ben Riley. I, I bet. The bit I that I read it, that was the one that I liked. That's what I was trying to think And then, that. obviously, um, oh my god, I can't remember her actual name, but Silk. Yeah, she was good. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think. Ben was I was trying to think of. There, yeah, Ben, and then Scarlet Spider. and I've always been a Peter fan. I'm Peter B. Parker all the way, but... For me, it's Peter, and then it's Gwen. I love, they call her Ghost Spider now, but I hate that. I like, why couldn't they call her, keep Spider-Gwen? Spider-Gwen was so good. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing, because, I mean, I'm terrible at keeping up with stuff. I I was in the comics pretty heavily-ish for a bit, as far as those goes. But then I was walking through the store, and I saw the Spider-Gwen toy. And I was like, oh, cool, they got a new Spider-Gwen, and it said Ghost Spider. I'm like, who the fuck is Ghost Spider? Yeah, they changed it, her it's name. Spider Gwen. I still call her Spider Gwen. I don't give. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Everybody knows I'm talking about Ghost Spider. If I say Spider Gwen, I mean I don't follow it enough, so she's still Spider Gwen. I don't care. See, what's really funny is I don't like Gwen Stacy and like the the regular comic book universe, but I love Spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm weird, and then it's a tie between Miles and Miguel because mm-hmm. I really like elements of miles but i really freaking loved like the badassness of miguel spider-man 2099 and i'm really hoping because i just watched uh into the spider-verse again this week i really hope we get to see miguel in the sequel like mm-hmm. i and i really hope it's the same person who does the voice and comes back because it's oscar isaac yep. playing Miguel. and i'm like oh put it in the movie spider-verse is so good very few times have I walked out of a movie theater feeling that, like, hype on a movie. That was, like, me when I walked out of seeing Ready or Not. Except when I saw Into the Spider-Verse, I walked out, pulled up the soundtrack on Spotify, and worked out the bass in my car like I never have before. It's the type of movie that just it gives you everything. Like, you mm-hmm. get the feels, you get hyped, you get inspired. It's so fucking good. I can't wait for the second one next year. I can't wait. Yeah, and it's animated, so shouldn't be pushed back too much. They've been working on it since last year, and I don't remember when they dropped the little teaser with the date, but they've been working on it for a while, so I don't think this is going to get delayed. I think we will get in 2022, which is super, like, already probably, like, my most anticipated movie I want to see that year outside of, like, Captain Marvel 2, because I love Captain Marvel and I love Brie Larson. Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) Where were we? <laughs> um, no, we were we were talking about pedophiles and such. But I yeah. guess the movie, the producer David W. Higgins saw a story in 2020 about young Japanese girls who would lure businessmen to like locations for a conversation and just hug them and assault them. And he got the idea of what if somebody did that to a predator. Because of the nature of the film, they actually kept the budget down so that they wouldn't have to change anything about the film. And so before we got into the Spider-Man, Batman comic book conversation, we were talking about how they hide things from this film mm-hmm. and it works better. For me, it's like Sinister, where you don't see the kills, but you know enough about them that that's truly terrifying and anything your brain can make up is better than anything you could see on screen. And I think that works for this film as well because you never see the pictures he has in the lockbox. You never see the castration you just have to picture it in your mind and your mind will come up with the most fucked up vile things because we're humans 
And if they actually showed those on screen, I don't think the movie would have been as effective as it is. Like, you could have gotten people being squeamish about some things like the photos you wouldn't have to see, but like the castration, you could show some more gore. It was really effective seeing where like the camera panned and you can see because they had set up the camera. It's like part of a, of, oh, hey, you want to watch it? You can. I set it up for you to watch and you see it like in the back. It's way out of focus, but you can tell enough. It's like watching a blurred out medical show. I think that worked to the film's advantage, but you can think, you know what's happening down there and your brain is just going, this is truly disgusting. Yeah. Oh my God, what the fuck? I think that works very well for this film. It makes the film even more impactful just because you don't need to see any of some of the vile things that happen. The film was shot in 18 days. That's quick. And it was also shot largely in order, which is a weird thing that keeps coming up with films I cover on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think this is the third movie I've covered on the podcast that has been shot in order. I'm like, why does this keep happening to me? I mean, like, it makes sense because it takes place only in two locations. And if I remember right, like, the stuff that you see in the coffee shop in the beginning, which is, the, like, the, what, the first ten minutes, they shot last. Of it. So most of it was at this one location in this house, so. If you stage it right, mm-hmm. like Kubrick does, you can do that. It's really all about staging for that. And there's not really things that you have to change much for this film so you could ideally shoot it in order and they did i think it's funny that they had no idea that she had a red hoodie on and i'm sorry they looked like red riding hood and i'm just like how would you not notice that well i guess because i know we talked about this before about like the coloration that was obviously done in post during this and i guess according to elliot at least that the hoodie was like an orange or like a dark orange but then in post when they did all this coloration like we talked about it it looks red we swear we didn't do this and it's like oh dude i want to believe you but it it sets too perfectly with the whole thing for it that's way too hard to say someone didn't have the thought that oh they are i'm red sure somebody had the thought but then they didn't going say after the, the big bad wolf I'm sure somebody had the thought, but they didn't bring it up because they thought it was done on purpose. So they just kind of rolled with it. Like, cause there's no way nobody noticed that. You know, they're deep into this movie and like the subject matter and things. When Elliot Page says that one of the hardest scenes to shoot was the coffee shop scene because they had to eat tiramisu so much. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You're talking about a movie with pedophiles and that's the hardest scene you have to shoot because you have to eat so much. All right, you're deep. You're deep mm-hmm. in it. When you do hear about actors where they have like the bucket underneath the table, so in between takes, they're spitting out the food, not actually eating it and shit like that. Or a vomit bucket. I've heard that happen because they've had to eat so much during a shoot. They've actually had the vomit. I think that happened with Will Ferrell and Elf. Actually, or he got it sick at least once. There's a movie. I can't think of it right now where that happened, where there's an eating scene and they had to shoot it so many times that they got sick, but I can't remember what it was. And I know there's a couple it's come up where like if you say it, I'm going to it's going to click and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it was that one. I did look it up. The colorist, though, his name is Gene Clement Sorrett. Mm-hmm. He did not do the Resident Evil movie. I mean, they're I not 100 percent identical, but 
there's spots where it looks the vibe is very similar with the blue tents. The whole scene where they're tracking Patrick Wilson and Patrick Wilson goes into the bathroom and Elliot Page's character tases them. Oh, like yeah, in the that, shower. That yeah. Whole, yeah, in the shower. That whole color was straight out of Resident Evil. I mean, it's especially straight up Mia Jovovich in the shower blue. <laughs> especially the, any scenes outside in Apocalypse because mm-hmm. they're all like tinted blue. Yeah, like paled out, kind of washed out, and then tinted blue. That's what a lot of this movie is. Minus the coffee shop, it's like, after he passes out, I think, was like, when it legit physically and visually changes. That's the moment when, yeah, when the film changes, and like, they do, like, when when L.A. gets angry, they like, change the color effects. So when they get angry, sometimes you'll see more red in it, or it'll get uh, really grayed out. Which I thought was really cool. They auditioned 300. Which, honestly, I wanted to know how that came about. Because, like, auditioning adult women for, like, say, a rape revenge movie is one thing. But this is, are you of age but have a baby face and want to play this? Well, I heard. Like, Paige was, what, 17 or 18? They for sure Seven, passed this 14 in this. 17 during filming, and when it came out, they were 18. I guess Elliot got the part because of the way they did the audition. Like, it wasn't, it didn't really, like, they went kind of off script and ad-libbed a little bit. And also, I guess they had the right, right hairstyle, too. Because yeah, their hair, because, like, I've seen them in multiple movies, and this is, like, the one of the few movies where... They have really, really short hair. Revisiting this film, what are your overall thoughts? I definitely liked it more now than when I first initially watched it. I don't remember when I first initially watched it that much, but this time it sat better with me than when I had the first time. What would you give it on Letterboxd? On Letterboxd? I'm trying to think, what did I give it? (laughs) When I logged it, I did a... I think I gave it a 3 out of 5, which I'd call it that. Like a in terms of what they were doing, it's a solid three out of five in that it did good. It's not the best movie that took that whole kind of revenge sexual angle, but it's not the worst by like a long shot. But I watch it again, probably not freely, but I'm also not one who would watch that sort of thing for entertainment pers- purposes. Wow. And the cast was good. The acting was phenomenal. Even Sandra Oh only had three minutes in here. Which, oh yeah, other yeah. point, apparently Patrick Wilson made himself pass out during the one scene from overexerting himself. I'm assuming it's the setup to the castration when he's on the table and, like, trying to shift it. I would think it would be the scene right before they cut him when he's, mm-hmm. like, screaming for, like, at least a minute and a half. Like, he's tied up and just screaming, please don't cut me, mm-hmm. don't do it. My guess would have been that scene, but it, it could be both. Yeah. Or either or. Yeah, I, this is not a movie I would visit. Like, I probably will watch it again, but not for a while. It's not my genre. I'm just yeah. not not big fan of, like, the... I guess this technically is a rape revenge movie, but there's no rape. It's just yeah. basically revenge. But yeah. it's still it's in that category. Yeah. It doesn't have not, the traditional arc of the rape revenge movie. Yeah, where it's I'm not, act aftermath revenge. I definitely gave this, I'm pretty sure my initial rating on this was like 
three stars, but mm-hmm. I gave, this viewing blew me away. I gave it mm-hmm. four. Like you said, the performances are fantastic. The directing is really good. Mm-hmm. It's an easy story, but it's so well done. It's still queasy. It still makes you like awkward, but you still feel a lot of other things about the film. I really don't think it's as controversial as like they played it up to be when it came out. By today's standards, not at all. Yeah, there's movies that are much worse than this. Mm -hmm. Um, I I can name three right now. Revenge, Last House on the Left, and I Spit on My Grave. I mean, I Spit on Your Grave. All are much worse than this. I also have graphic scenes of rape, nudity, and violence, Mm -hmm. and sexual assault. I mean, like, content aside, the production and making of this was great for what they did with the budget. There's kind of like a handful of movies, because this came out in 2005. I'm thinking of Saw, which came out a couple years before that, of it takes place mostly in this one set location. But this one, I mean, Saw did it too, of where they keep it interesting, but you also do feel trapped in the one house with them. I definitely got that feeling like I couldn't get out, and I was locked in there with them. Of you felt trapped, but they kept it interesting. The film for me doesn't get boring like at all, even then when they're just like just having a conversation before they tie them up or anything like that. It's not boring at all. I'm glad it was in my collection. I'm glad I kept it so I could watch it to discuss it. But I also had to dig in a box packed away underneath my bed to get out the DVD. That's kind of like the perfect summation of it. It's on par with seeing a movie in theaters and telling somebody to wait for video before they see it. This is definitely one of those movies. Since we rambled so much, as usual. I mean, that's oh. very per usual. <laughs> of like, where? <laughs> of like, I would tell people to see it if they were in the mood, especially if they love these actors and their performance. But it's not the best movie by a long shot. In either of their respective catalogs, I wouldn't put it as the best. It's worth it. And seeing them two together on screen is great. What are you saying for movie or for performances? For movies, like their performances are both fantastic. I like watching the Insidious movies over this if I'm going to watch a Patrick Wilson movie. For me, it's The Conjuring for Patrick Wilson movie. Or, as I mentioned, I do enjoy The A-Team. Yeah. For Elliot, it's probably... I haven't watched Juno in a while. I do love Days of Future Past. And Whip It is really good. Whip It would be my go-to for that. Days of Future Pass or Whippet might be mine. Whippet's mine. Also, fun fact, I live like 20 minutes away from the Yoink Joint and have eaten at that restaurant when it was still the Yoink Joint. <laughs> the, the one they work at. I need to watch Umbrella Academy. I'm terrible with shows. I watched maybe two episodes and it was good. I just have bad habits like TV shows and actually finishing books. I suck at. Oh my God, I'm stupid. I know what movie it is for Elliot. Uh, why didn't I'm so dumb? It's what it's, Juno? It's, no, it's not Juno. Inception. No, oh, yeah, it's Inception. Easily, without question. For El- if I'm, I'm like, I want to watch an Elliot Page movie. I'm like, I'm putting on Inception. Now, see, I do whip it, but that also ensemble cast is eight plus. Oh yeah, and it was directed by amazing human being, and I love her, and I mention her all the time, so I'm not going to mention her name. But same. you <laughs> listeners have been here a while or been here since the beginning. You know this person. I cover this person all the time. I talk about this person all the time because I'm 
they are one of my favorite actresses. They are one of the most beautiful people uh, I have ever seen in my entire life. And Santa Clarita Diet needs to come back. Yes, it does. I need to finish it. I, 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 I didn't finish it. I need to finish it. But yes, yes, it needs to come back. It really does because the chemistry between her and Timothy Oliphant is so good. They completely missed a chance for a scream joke in there, and I'm so upset they did not take it. Oh, they really could have done. They probably could have done multiple scream jokes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I kind of want to rewatch it now. The show is so good. Oh, speaking of Elliot Page. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Super? I have not. If you happen to watch Super, please let me know. Because there is a very odd scene in Super that makes me uncomfortable. And I need to talk to someone about it. See, it makes me want to watch it, but also doesn't. It's not that great of a movie. I believe it's, it's okay. It's got a good cast. It's my mom. Elliot. I see it. I can picture the yeah. one dude in it. It's uh, Rain Wilson, Kevin Bacon, Liv Tyler... Michael Rooker, Greg Henry, Linda Cardinelli's in it, Nathan Fillion's in it. I mean, that's a great A cast. Rob, Rob Zombie's in it. Well, it's a. I wish James you could see my face movie. right now. It's a James Gunn movie. That's why. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan of James Gunn. There's a moment in that movie that messes with me, and I really need somebody to watch the movie so I can talk about it. I'm not sure if I. I don't want to cover it on the podcast. I just need to talk to somebody about that because the moment is like what the fucking hell so if you ever watch it let me know so we can talk about it i will so where can the listeners find you all right most active on my twitter which is mx living dead and then my website i have not updated it in a very long time i'm sorry i've been writing other things so it's cool but also not cool because i've definitely felt like i've neglected it but another one for the fire.com you'll get back to it you've been doing big things and doing big things and when you do big things your own personal websites get neglected it happened yeah you know the feel as i'm still saying you should get back into your website more i have been working on it i actually have someone in february is going to do like a full audit on it nice and so it's going to be back and then when it gets up i'm gonna have people i'm gonna there's a bunch of people that i want to write for it including yourself so we'll have to talk about that i'm excited for that so yeah that's the big thing i'm gonna do in uh, 2021 y'all know you can find me on twitter and instagram and letterbox johnny freak j-o-h-n-n-y-p-h-r-e-a-k god i can't spell and i'm tired um no you're good i'm just trying to think i'm like gee should i put my letterbox on here <laughs> i don't remember what my letterbox want... name is oh yeah it's but... my um i am my letterbox it's amber of the dead so look for them on letterbox if you want to follow what movies they are watching i'm gonna try and Yo, keep up on that do it letterbox is fun and it helps you like know what you watched and when you watched it and you can make some crazy lists. I have some wild lists. I've seen some freaking bananas lists on Letterbox. Like I've seen some people some people have come up some really messed up lists. I'm like, that's impressive. <laughs> so I love Letterbox. It's mm-hmm. it's the best thing. It's the best companion for movies. Um, Once I got the knack of it, it was fun. Yeah, it doesn't take that long and then it's really cool. So y'all know, um, if you're listening on, on our home, Anchor, thank you. Anchor, you're the best. You're our home. We wouldn't be anywhere without you. If you're listening on Spotify, please send us a follow. That would be great. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a follow. Give us a five star. 
rating and write a review because I'm telling you right now, listeners, if you write a review, I will read it on Patreon. And that is a promise. I don't care if it's a 70 page review of how awful the podcast is. As long as you write it, I will read it on a Patreon episode. I'm Evan. I love movies. You should too. We'll see you soon. Greg's amazing. Dude, I love Greg. Greg, if you listen to this, can you follow me back? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>